everybody um that was uh our that was jorge singing for us we all heard jorge right say hi to jorge hey everybody hi jorge thank you for offering up that uh, that version of it as well with my soul for us as we gather here um for the first time in a little while outside um do we have a nice day for this isn't it great i mean we've got uh, we had the dogs singing for us in the background for a bit, but we got birds too, and sound of life, and lovely trees around. So we're, by, uh, by uh, July summer morning standards, this is pretty, pretty darn good. So we are grateful for the opportunity to, for those who've gathered here to gather together. Um, for those who are joining us online, welcome. This is our, our uh, first quasi half hybrid in-person worship in quite a while and we are really grateful to be doing this together um before we get into our worship um anyone out there got an announcement you want to shout out anyone got anything that needs to be shared uh you can be seen you can, the folks at home can see you because we've got a little camera pointed out so See if you can recognize all these masked folks. We're having a uh, social distancing get together with the women Thursday night at 6.30 here. Thursday night at 6.30 here at the church. If folks didn't hear that, um, there will be a social distancing gathering right here this Thursday, 6.30 uh, for the women's group. Uh, we will hope you are blessed with this pleasant weather as we're getting right now. So. Come on out for that, um, because it is great to have an opportunity to get together and to be with people, uh, because it's been a while. It just feels like it's it's been an extremely long time. Um, other things to pay attention to, um, everyone should still be getting their emailed announcements, but um, if you're not, something to highlight, um, the summer spiritual program had its first gathering this last week. Um, it's a wonderful opportunity to look at the at the spiritual as a musical form. Um, and uh, you can join that. There are Zoom links that you can get. And if you email Monica, our 
music director. She'll make sure you get included in on that Zoom. Uh, so certainly take advantage of that if you can. Um, other things to highlight. Um, what the folks at home today are seeing is this lovely vista, um, which by parking lot standards is really genuinely lovely. Um, but just a, a quick word of thanks uh, for the last quite a while we've been doing the worship diorama thing um, I've been enjoying that immensely um, especially as I pop in on a Sunday morning and take a look to see what it is that's going to be representing our worship for the week so uh, those have been the brainchild of, uh, of Jane um, so Jane if you could wave the folks at home and the quick We've, we've appreciated those. At some point, we've got to get a, a, a montage so we can see how we worked our way in diorama form, um, especially the ones that had like the funky disco lights. That was a, that was a lot of fun. So thank, thank you so much for that, Jane. It's really added a tremendous amount to our worship. Um, are there other things that need to be shared before we get into worship? All right, then we'll, we're ready for our prayer.
uh, please rise with me and let's join together in our call to worship. O Lord of life, your quickening voice awakens our morning song. We see your light, we feel your wind, the world, it is your word. Whatever wakes our hearts and minds, your presence is, O Lord. Therefore we choose our highest part and turn our face to thee. Let's worship God. I'm going to uh, begin, if you've got your, uh, your hymn insert, y'all can uh, listen at home. Uh, we're going to start our service today by singing together hymn number 104. O Lord, how shall I meet you? the solo passage for the soprano. Thank you, Monica, for bringing us that music and bringing us your voice. Um, as we uh, gather ourselves here together today, we're coming out of what has been not the easiest of times. Anyone been having a semi-easy time of this? Super easy? No, it's I see thumbs down. No, 
there are all kinds of challenges that this time creates and all sorts of ways that going through a sustained time of pressure of the unexpected of setbacks uh, ways that that can rest on our soul ways that that can set us even though we strive back spiritually we can find ourselves more resentful we can find ourselves more angry we can find ourselves more afraid and those things make it harder for us to respond to the spirit's movement in our lives and right now let's admit that we've been working hard we have been doing all that we can and even with our striving this hasn't been the easiest time on our souls let's admit that together by praying our prayer of confession today please join with me in offering it up gracious God when are we ready to show the signs of your work in our lives we know that we are striving or so we tell ourselves we try to overcome those things in us that keep us from becoming the person you're calling us to be but for all of our striving we still find ourselves turned aside and into dark places in our soul from our inability to step beyond our well-worn brokennesses we struggle to find your gracious path help us in our struggle Lord in Christ's name help us amen hear now the promise of Christ's pardon hear the good news the saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save us he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might be dead to sin and alive to what is good I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ we're forgiven amen now, typically what we would do at this point is invite folks to consider what they need to set before God in prayer and I would tell you to look to the pew right in front of you with a little card to fill out but uh, there's no pew right in front of you and we don't want to be taking up little cards and distributing them uh, but if there are prayers you have if there are concerns that are resting especially on your hearts you can email them to the church send us a message send us an email let us know when you're particularly burdened or when a joy rests on your life and we'll make sure to fold that both into the church's prayers and to our prayers together as we gather we can't take up those prayers as we had before but we can definitely still receive them and be a praying community together all of your prayers are welcome here Right now I'm uh, contemplating the prayers that come when you've got a great big fat yellow jacket sitting right on your bulletin that you need to flip over. Like, do I want to disturb that little buddy? I don't, I don't know. Not my worship buddy for today, I'll let me tell you that. But, uh, um, so we're grateful for those prayers. Um, we're now going to open ourselves up to the hearing of God's word in scripture. Um, I would be inviting Kathy Hanna up. Kathy's over there. Um, you can sort of see her. Kathy, if you could wave so the folks at home can see her waving. Uh, yeah, we've got you. You're over on the side there. Um, but Kathy's going to 
be reading for us virtually. It just keeps one person away from the mic and wisely away from this yellow jacket. So you don't have to worry about it, Kathy. Thank you. Um, so now let's open ourselves to the hearing of God's word in Scripture. The first reading is Psalm 119, 105-112. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I had suffered much preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, O Lord, not the willing praise of my mouth, and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have sent a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping the decrees to the very end. The second reading is Isaiah 55, 10 through 13. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed to the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow a pine tree, and instead of the briars the myrtle will grow. This will be the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign, which will not be destroyed. And together, let's say, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Well, typically now in this time, we would, uh, were we inside, we'd be inviting our, uh, our kids forward for a uh, for our time with children. And we're going to assume that those kids are, are home and hopefully watching. And I was wondering what I would do because I wasn't sure who was going to show up. Um, and... Maybe, I, maybe, hold up, I'm gonna, y'all can't see this back there, but let's see if I can get a shot of this guy. There he is. All right, so the folks at home and you yourselves can, uh, can take a look. Um, I've got myself a, uh, a nice little yellow jacket buddy today. Um, and are, are yellow jackets the cheeriest of creatures? Are they? Why, why are they so mean? Why do we think? I'll ask the grown-ups out there. Why, why is this little yellow? He's sitting, um, there's, a, there's a little glowing alien head on this alienware thing, and he seems to really like that. It's like, what, what, why are yellow jackets so ornery? Because they're hungry all the time. They're hungry, they're hunters. They're used to, uh, used to like, knocking things around to get their own way. And uh, has ever, anyone out there, any of the adults ever disturbed a, uh, a nest of yellow jackets? Anyone ever done that? Look for hands. Um, were they nice to you after you disturbed it? 
No, they weren't. Um, yellow jackets just, um, if we had to think of God's most compassionate insects, do they, uh, do they fall into that category? No, they do not. And if we reflect on our own lives, when, when are we as ornery as a yellow jacket? When do we tend to be most ornery? When we're tired and hungry. Um, and that's the, the challenge in our lives. Are there, are there other times we can get where we're not necessarily feeling the compassion of Jesus? We're tired. We're hungry. We're frustrated. We're stressed. Somebody's done something that made us mad. And we just don't, we, we don't think kind and gracious thoughts. There are all kinds of ways that in our lives we can make ourselves less who Jesus wants us to be. And so uh, I'm grateful for the Lord for sending me this little yellow jacket today uh, to help me make basically the point I was going to make if there are kids here anyway. Um, but the reminder is there are times when we're not fertile ground for God's grace, goodness, or kindness that we just tend to be a little grumpy. And when we're like that, how do we fix that? Grown-ups out there, how do, how do we fix that? Well, we can pray. We can pray. We can take a breath. We can walk away. We can get ourselves something to eat if we know that's the challenge. Our goal is to make our hearts and our souls more welcoming, more receptive, and more gracious. And there are all kinds of things we can do to help us not be mean as this little dude who the folks at home are getting a really great view of. Although he's, he's being pretty chill. He must have, he must have had his coffee and, um, and a Snickers before showing up. So uh, the reminder today is that there are all kinds of ways that our souls can turn away from being gracious and that we can be poor ground for the gospel and to remember to always do everything in our power to make ourselves more fertile ground. Um, I would play a, a Jesus Loves Me, but I don't, I don't think, do we have, we have one? We have a Jesus Loves Me. Thank you, thank you for that, John. Um, so let's listen to um, Jesus Loves Me because that's what we've been doing and are gonna keep doing for now. You wanna play us that, John? That's a, I think that's Charlotte Hoffman playing for us. Am I right with that? Well, thank you, Charlotte, so much for giving us that version of Jesus Loves Me. 
Um, we're all now going to rise and sing our next hymn, which is hymn number 451, but it's also right there in your handout. It'll be, Open My Eyes That I May See. of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. Silently now I wait for thee, ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my eyes, illumine me, Spirit divine. Open my ears that I Voices of truth thou sendest clear, and while the wave notes fall on my ear, everything false will disappear. Silently now I wait for thee, ready my God, I will to see. Open my ears, illumine me, Spirit divine. Open my mouth and let me bear Gladly the warm truth everywhere Open my heart and let me prepare Love with thy children thus to share Silently now I wait for thee Ready, my God, thy will to see Open my heart, illumine me Spirit divine. Please be seated. Let's now open our hearts and our minds again to the hearing of God's Word in Scripture. And just in case you're worried, as soon as we were done with the children's message, the yellow jacket flew off. So. Very convenient, thank you. Um, the third scripture reading for today is from the Gospel of Matthew. I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, and then verses 18 through 23. That's Matthew 13, verses 1 through 9, and verses 18 through 23. Let us listen again for God's holy word. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears 
Listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious God, Grant that the words of my mouth and the meditations in the hearts and in the minds of each and every one gathered here, grant that they might be acceptable in your sight. O oh, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So how are y'all's gardens doing? Those of you who have them out there, how, how, they, how are they running now? Weedy, yes. You getting anything? Oh. Zucchini, beans. Yeah, my, my garden is in full swing now. It is romping along. It is kohlrabi. Wow. I'm not growing kohlrabi. But um, I do have tons and tons of carrots this year, which have been sticking around for a while. I overplanted a bit. Um, and now, you know, I've... I think we've had four or five meals because we got a bunch of folks in our house and it's been great and I still have a full third of my garden sitting waiting to be harvested to be roasted with potatoes or cooked into stir fries my uh, tomato vines how are your vines doing how are the tomatoes kicking in yeah so so it depends depends where mine mine are just full-on monstering right now they are they are over i've set up trellises they're sort of overwhelming the trellises starting to flop over i'm looking around for ways to prop them up both my planted vines the one i expected and the volunteers are all doing really well um i have three onions but mostly were an onion that we left out long enough for it to sprout and my older son said why don't we plant it and i said okay um uh, and it's cranking along we're looking forward to that one um, i've got the green beans because i love my my family of green beans that i have nourished and seed saved for for years and years it is it is cranking this year they are rocking they're uh, right at that point where they'll be like a delicate little flower white flower one day and the next day it'll be like <laughs> blows like yeah just i'm gonna have to get that in a sec but uh it just scoots on out. It's like watching a, uh, it's like watching a uh, a balloon artist at a kid's birthday party. You know, the it just like whoosh, just out goes that bean. It's impressive. It's been a, it's been a good season. Um, there have been plenty of critters, um, as always. Um, 
but it's also the challenge because it's not just the critters and it's not just the sun it's not just the, the uh, uh, worrying about a bunch of different things but you've also got to get the the soil right and you learn that when you're gardening um, and my uh, it's been a few years since I discovered that there's a really complicated relationship between soil and seed, something that requires a fair amount of your attention. And I'm not like, does anyone, ever, does anyone track the pH in their garden? Anyone go to that level? I do not. I, I do not. I'm not quite that level of granular, but um, I do make sure that the soil I'm putting them in is healthy as best I can is you know I've got my compost pile which is cranking along all the leaves and cuttings and kitchen leavings um, I want my seeds to meet welcoming nourishing earth the first time I I tried to plant gardens I was under the impression that I could just turn the soil in my front yard just mix you know mix the grass in put a little boundary on it and I would have plants it, was there, has anyone out there been as dumb as that in putting a garden in? No, I was like, well, you know, it's it, surely that's just, you know, you just churn it up. The grass is growing. It'll go great. Um, so what I got was uh, I got like bean plants that were about that big and tomato plants that maybe got about this big before they were eaten. I got nothing. Because, you know, it's Virginia clay. You can grow grass and tobacco, and that's about it. It's just not not particularly good for much else um, so I've I'm much more focused on amending and tending to the character of the soil when I get my seeds in at the beginning of the season and also paying attention to the depth of the soil who's got is anyone growing root vegetables out there anyone got the carrots how are they doing It's it's a challenge. I've I actually where I put my carrots in this year is this is this three-stepped thing where I've got a low step, I've got a higher one, and I got one above that, and the soil's deeper on each level, and it just it just looks nice in front of the house. It's kind of a silly way to set something up that was like, can honey, can I put a thing there? And she's like, Does it look good? And I'm like, Yep. And so that's that's what we've got. Um and what's interesting is that's I mean, that's where I've got that's where I've got my carrots and on the top my carrots are like that they're, they're lovely they're, they're just like big thick and long and the, the middle one they go down a little bit and then then they get kind of weird and the ones that the seeds that I put on the lowest were mostly I, uh, half of its tomatoes the other half is carrots on that one they only went a little bit downwards before they hit the clay so I've got these like big thick carrots that are like that long and then they've got all these little tendrils coming off them. They look a little, yeah, they look a little unsettling. They're sort of weirdly shaped, warped. You know, I pull one out and they look, anyone remember the mandrakes from the Harry Potter movies? Some of them look like that. They don't scream when I take them out, but they're, they're sort of weird looking things. Soil is important. It's depth, it's richness, all of those things. And Seed, of, seed and soil are what we hear from the lips of Jesus today. Because Jesus, as a, someone who was preaching and teaching in an agricultural society, knew that using those images of growth were what was going to connect with most of the people he was speaking with. 
And today's story, the, the parable of the sower, involves a tale of a man who goes out planting, and his approach to agriculture, to be blunt, feels a little suspect. But if I'm going to go green, I want beans, I'm not going to now go walk in my yard and just toss them out. That's not the approach. He's careless, it feels, just, just tossing stuff everywhere. He, I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to grow, are we going to throw that? And are we going to like see how the sidewalk works for growing? You know, the man throws them on the path. He throws them on rocky, untilled, unamended Judean ground. And if anyone has been to the Holy Land, you know it looks a little less fertile than even Virginia's claggy clay. Or, I mean, y'all have basically the same stuff here. It's just not doing much. It grows and it tries, but it gets blasted by the sun. He sows some, I mean, he, there are weeds already there. Just toss it. Sure, see how they go. How, how does that work? It doesn't. And then some, seemingly at random, falls on good soil and grows and grows into an impressive harvest. Jesus delivers this message of growth while bobbing in a little boat, while a great crowd has gathered on the shore to listen. And we don't hear the response of the crowd, but we do, if we read the whole of this, get the response of the disciples, which is conveniently edited out by the people who pull together the readings. When Jesus finishes this parable of the sower, what was the response of his hearers? The response was, as so often when Jesus got to storytelling, was, that's a really nice story, Jesus. We have no idea what you're talking about. We do not know what this means. What does this mean? And so there's this whole section where he explains the reason he tells parables, which is to confuse people. We'll get to that later. But then he gets into the explanation. Because his listeners heard this story, and when they engaged with it, they sort of wanted it easy. If you go to a book of religious teaching now, you go to one of you know, the in those days where we're going to be allowed to go back to bookstores. You go to the spirituals or the self-help religious section, and you're going to find people who are, like, giving you books that have seven easy steps to do this, or here are the specific ways in which you can do that. It's all laid out. It's all nice and neat. It's all very straightforward. And Jesus didn't do that at all. Jesus told stories which was a standard thing for teachers of wisdom and rabbis in his day. Because even though it's not the easiest way, that's why it was taught that way. That way of teaching forces you to be imaginative, forces you to engage, forces you to go down below the surface and to think about meaning and purpose. And the rabbis used it for a very particular reason. They used it to not teach the people who weren't willing to put in the effort. That was the point was not to be like, all right, here's a simple thing. It's like, here is a hard thing that you really have to engage to connect with. And if you weren't willing to engage, then you wouldn't get it. And the teachers did not care. If you're willing to be perceptive, if you're willing to be open, if you're willing to be patient, you may get it. 
if you care enough to ask the question, to say, to have the boldness to say, I don't understand, then Jesus would tell you. But if you think you already know the answer, or you're too lazy to connect, or you can't be bothered to listen, you wouldn't get the you wouldn't get a response, which kind of folds into the whole point of this teaching anyway. Jesus made this intentionally hard to understand because it's important to make it that way. It's important to make us work a little bit if we're going to really connect with a teaching that has meaning. And what's strange in this is how that way of teaching plays off this particular parable. Because this whole thing is a metaphor for the good news of the kingdom, of the spirit given out into the world through Jesus' teachings and through God's grace. And who is this teaching for? Is it for only the people who are spiritually robust, only the people who already get it? Who gets offered this? Everyone does. Every single person does. It's not just for the spiritual or the people who spend every moment in prayer or the people who spend every moment studying scripture. It is given to everyone. The possibility of goodness is given to the lazy. It's given to fools. It's given to people who are hateful. It's given to the greedy. Everyone gets a shot at it. And we get to wondering, well, why? Why would, why would God work in this way? Why would God be as foolish as that sower? I mean, you're pitching seeds into dandelions and crabgrass. Why not just carefully furrow the best possible earth in the best possible light, amending that soil ideally so that you're going to get the best harvest every single time? And I think the reason for that is as harsh as this passage can seem, because some of the, the seeds get blasted, the seeds don't take. But in God, in God's grace, in God's abundance, there is a sower who knows that sometimes things do grow when you don't expect them to. They don't tend to, as I have learned, but sometimes improbably and without you intending it, growth happens. Just because something seems untenable doesn't mean it can't change, that it can't become something different. Like in my backyard three years ago, I got this bright idea that I was going to plant raspberries. You know, because we got a ton of trees back there and raspberries are fairly shade tolerant. And we just had some ground cover and I'm like, I want, I want fruit back here. I had this vision of years from now, grandchildren coming and, you know, they're running around. Oh, there are going to be berries you can pick in the backyard, mostly because um, when I was a kid, I would do the same at my grandparents' house. They'd send me out to pick blueberries, which would get baked into blueberry crumbles after I'd pick a big batch and my grandmother would make them. And That's just so homey. You know, it was so nice to like, all right, here's this astoundingly sweet, crumbly, delicious thing that I'm going to get to eat because I spent the day. It just felt right. It was a good thing. And I wanted to replicate that. 
Um, so I planted a batch of raspberries, cleared the soil, prepped the soil, set them up by the fence so they'd sort of have a place to grow and connect. And I'm like, all right, this is going to work. And it didn't. It did not at all. The weeds overcame them. And we had an incredibly rainy season, and that section of the yard got, like, swamped a bunch of times. And they were gone, and I wrote them off. I'm like, all right, that didn't work. And I went back to my failed efforts to grow blueberries for myself and not the birds. Um, but then I noticed something. Late last year, and especially this season, even though that's not the best place to grow, those raspberries are all of a sudden back gangbusters back they've taken root they've pushed up from the the ground cover plants that we've got and suddenly i've got raspberries just blossoming absolutely everywhere in a place that i had completely written off i figured the earth wasn't going to welcome there it wasn't going to do it and i was completely wrong and it didn't look like it was going to take either but i wasn't the person to make that call and what this passage reminds us is that God's abundant grace is like that. There are good soils where the seeds of the Spirit are planted, but the Lord is willing to work with imperfect soil. The Lord is willing to work with anxious, well-meaning soils. The Lord is willing to work with soils that have their good days and their bad days. God is willing to offer up the goodness of the gospel even in those places where the ground might not be perfect and that generosity I think requires our response as we see that we ourselves are not perfect soil as we recognize those places in ourselves that need a little amending because we want that message of Jesus to bear fruit in our lives so that we can be more compassionate, so that we can be more loving, more patient, more kind, for us to recognize that the response to a gracious generosity is not, eh, well, we'll just get it anyway but joyously responding and finding ways that our own ground can be worked. We can tear out the rocks of our stubbornness, the weeds of our resentments, anxieties, and bitterness, the blasting sun of our culture's unrelenting, unforgiving anger and greed. God is willing to work with us. God's grace is present in every moment. And so as we live, acknowledge that grace, that abundance, but don't take it as cause to do nothing, but instead be guided to tend your own soil. Let that be so for you and for me. Amen. But now, having listened for God's word, we're going to rise and share what we believe. Uh, today's affirmation of faith is adapted from the Presbyterian Church's Confession of 1967. Please join with me in reading it. The new life takes shape in a community in which we know that God loves and accepts us 
in spite of what we are. We therefore accept ourselves and love others, knowing that no one has any ground on which to stand except God's grace. The new life does not release us from conflict with unbelief, pride, lust, or fear. We still have to struggle with disheartening difficulties and problems. Nevertheless, as we mature in love and faithfulness in our life with Christ, we live in freedom and good cheer, bearing witness on good days and evil days, confident that the new life is pleasing to God and helpful to others. The new life finds its direction in the life of Jesus, his deeds and words, his struggles against temptation, his compassion, his anger, and his willingness to suffer death. The teachings of apostles and prophets guides us in living this life, and the Christian community nurtures and equips us for our ministries. I will now invite uh, Jerome up for prayers of the people, and you bring you bring your friend on up. We got a prayers of the people plus a dog. So the mic should pick this up. Let us pray. Our gracious eternal God, we thank you for making the earth produce in such abundance. We thank you for the warm, gentle summer days, our beautiful lakes, for the warm sun and the cool water, for the restoring rains. We thank you for those who have been toiling to produce our nation's food. And we thank you for the abundance of of conveniences which allow us time in this generation for considerable leisure and the pursuit of interests other than work. We pray that you would guide us on our journeys through this land of such abundance. Help us not to be seduced into thinking the materials, resources can ever make us happy or content. Help us as we see our neighbors' success not to feel inadequate, deprived, or greedy. Help us rather to find our strength, our comfort, and our satisfaction in knowing who's, who we are and to live life with a sense of satisfaction in knowing who we are, um, sorry, sense of peace. Provide us an inner serenity which exterior things can never bring. We are reminded by the parable of the sower that we carry a huge responsibility for spreading the good news in our time. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Purge our souls of the rocky ground where your seed cannot grow. Purge our souls of the thorns and thistles and of the distractions of life which would lure us to fleeting and competing treasures. Purge our souls of the wish to build storehouses with the elusive hope of ridding ourselves of anxiety about the future. Make us grow from the kind of soil which knows the value of commitment, the risk of trust, and the mystery of your grace and love. And let's share in the prayers for comfort and recovery and strength for those who are sick in their families, all those who are sick and depressed or suffering from anxiety, dealing with chronic health issues, addictions, going through a difficult time, all those alone in hospitals, and other facilities for Bill, for Jackie, for Ms. Edwards, for Kim, for Elise, for Sal, for Susan, for Gary, for Jan, for Roy, for Walt, 
Noland, Wid, Pat, and those affected by the coronavirus, Lynn, and Priscilla. Rick, or David Richardson, and Rick. Prayers for the world during the COVID pandemic. May our leaders make wisest decisions and a vaccine be developed quickly and we heed advice from experts. And prayers for the country that we live peacefully respecting all of our brothers and sisters. And let us share in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, uh, Jerome and friend, for offering up that prayer today. I'm, as we're also uh, taking under advisement that it is best not to circulate plates and bags and things, and um, we will not be collecting our offering today as we typically do. Um, but do we have a do we have a bag or a basket in which we can place it on our way up? There we go. Um, so take advantage of that as you're leaving, and if you're watching from home, um, above at poolpres.com, there you can check there for opportunities to donate. Um, you can either donate electronically, um, set up a regular donation, or mail get a check mailed to us because we do that too. And the address and other information is at the website directly above my head, virtually now. Um, we're now at that point where we're going to sing again. Um, so we're going to offer up uh, hymn number 313, Lord Make Us More Holy. So let's rise and sing that together. Until we meet again 
faithful, 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 until we meet again. So how did it feel out there today? Felt all right, yeah, it's a... It's breezy. We're getting we're getting that breeze in, and the heat of the day hasn't quite set on our heads yet. So, yeah, it's good. One of the things as we sing that hymn together, we're reminded of is that that call to be made better, that call to shape and form and conform our souls so that we might be more the way we know we want. God to have us, being more loving, being more patient, being more faithful. And that, as we seek to be the kind of soil where the gospel harvest can grow, is, is our goal in life. It is the thing we strive for. It is the thing we work on, but we're reminded of something by this simple hymn. We're reminded that that work, that work of tending to the soil and the growth of our lives, isn't just ours. And if we ask, if we pray, if we orient ourselves towards God's work in our lives, it is something God will help us with. The God who both places those seeds, those moments of gospel growth possibility, will also help us tend to our own souls so that we might blossom into a harvest of goodness in life. And as we step out into this world, as we continue to move out beyond the lovely boundaries of the birdsong-filled property this morning, we know that we need that help because the world is hot with anger and rocky with discord and challenge. Go out and be the harvest of the gospel to all around you. That is our hope and our promise today. So now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with all of us, today and tomorrow and our whole lives long. Amen.
Thank you. Went back to his home, which was a long way. But before he left, he had this to say. Peace, I leave you, and I'll see you one day. Now all of the flowers look towards the sun and eagerly wait when their day will be done. When the farmer comes back and takes them all home, will they sit at the table and never grow old? It did seem to work. <laughs>